Greetings of the day to all the listeners. Hope everything is good at your end. Thank you so much for joining in. Myself Shreyesh Tagarwal and I welcome you all to another episode of Simply Geeta where we shall resume our journey and understand the knowledge given by Krishna in the 6th chapter of the Geeta. All of us may have taken a lot of births before this life but in this life as a human being we do have the required understanding that if we have the willingness then we can explore the geeta and obtain knowledge this podcast is an attempt to bring that knowledge before you guys hope the episode provides you with value so without any delay let us start krishna tells that the person who performs his duty without any attachment to the fruits of his work he is the real yogi and is in the renounced order of life that person is not a true yogi who performs no duty and tells that the worldly activities are not meant for him krishna makes it clear that it is very important to carry out our prescribed duties but we should be careful that we are not attached to the results because it will result in a selfish thought process instead of claiming our right to results we should only justify our right to work and we should engage in the action the lord tells arjun that both renunciation and yoga are one renunciation is the process of getting rid of our desires for sensual pleasures or material pleasures one can only become a true yogi once this renunciation is ensured however getting rid of desires should not be misunderstood as getting rid of work or action because a person who does not work can never be a true yogi that person is the true yogi who thinks understands and considers in order to be situated in yoga it is essential that the person engages in work without any sort of attachment once a person starts embracing the path of yoga a very important factor is the giving up of desires often we may think that if we give up desires then life would become meaningless but the truth is once we do not have desires our work is revealed in the best and the most pure form because we do it without any selfish motive krishna tells that when a person does not engages in sense gratification nor is he attached to material work in such a moment when that person sacrifices all the desires only then the person creates a situation favorable for yoga undoubtedly we are our best friend as well as our worst enemy we ourselves have the ability to rise and gain wisdom and we also have the ability to make our way to hell therefore the lord tells us that we should use the mind in our favor and not against us because the mind can act as the friend as well as the enemy undoubtedly the controlled mind is a friend in the next verse krishna tells about the condition which leads to the mind being a friend or an enemy he tells that the person who has gained control over his mind and his senses such a person is a friend to himself on the other hand the person who hasn't been able to win the mind and senses rather he has been trapped by the mind and the senses such a person is an enemy for himself the one who does not flow along with the emotions and has stability with control such a person does good for himself as well as for those around him while a person who is under the influence of anger and lust such a person creates a mountain of ever growing troubles for him 
we have the power to make a choice that whether we want our mind to act as a friend or as an enemy moving ahead the lord tells that the person who is not affected and has the same attitude in heat and cold joy and sorrow respect and disrespect such a person is independent of external circumstances external things or external people krishna tells that the person who has obtained victory over the mind that is the person who has controlled it such a person's soul has already merged with the supreme and he is not bothered by external situations the person who has obtained knowledge who does not allow any weakness to overpower him who has gained perfect control over the senses and for whom sand pebbles as well as cold are equal such a person is the true yogi looking at sand and gold with an equal eye signifies that both of them are merely sources of material pleasures which are temporary and the true yogi is not attached to either of them further explaining the definition of yogi krishna tells that the person who wishes well for friends as well as enemies such a person is the true yogi who treats both friends and enemies without any difference it is a common human tendency to judge people and classify them as good or bad we always do this but the true yogi does not judge people and he looks at friends enemies the neutral the envious the well wishers the monk as well as the thief with an equal eye the one who along with his mind and senses keeps the body in control who has got rid of desires who is not attached to accumulation of things such a person is the true yogi in the way that we humans accumulate riches in the same way the ignorance and the sins are also accumulated and all of us will have to answer for our deeds one day in the next verse krishna explains the way of sitting in yoga or in meditation he tells that on a clean floor we should place a seat of grass and cover it with a soft cloth such a seat should neither be too high or too low the yogi should sit on it with firmness and engage in yoga to purify the heart by controlling the mind and the senses and concentrating the mind on one point in such a quiet place a yogi can indulge in meditation we may meditate on the supreme or we may meditate on our breath the purpose of this meditation is to become free from the external world and look within ourselves krishna tells that the yogi after sitting on the seat should keep the body neck and head in a straight alignment and focus the mind on the tip of the nose that is between the eyebrows in complete stillness in this way we have to keep the ever moving mind in control then krishna tells that the person who practices this yoga or meditation should practice celibacy should be free from the fear in the mind and should be completely peaceful from within explaining more about the state of meditation of the yogi krishna tells arjun that the person who has controlled the mind and the senses such a yogi attains peace and the supreme in the next verse 
Krishna mentions about the ideal lifestyle for a true yogi. He tells that a person who eats too much or too little or sleeps too much or does not sleep enough such a person can never attain the true power of yoga such a person can never become a true yogi so whether it is sleep or hunger excess of anything is harmful in the same way too little of those will also not do us any good so we should live our life in moderation only as per the need of the body following the path of yoga is easy for a person who can walk on the path of discipline krishna mentions that a person who regulates the eating and sleeping habits along with the recreational activities and work such a person can get rid of material pains by practicing yoga success in any domain requires consistent discipline and the same is the case with the yogic lifestyle The Lord tells that when a person through the practice of yoga is able to gain self-control and is able to discipline the mind and the senses then he becomes fixed in mind and such a person can be said to be situated in yoga consistent practice of meditation stills the mind thereby enabling us to perform our duties more efficiently it gives us such an immense focus that even the sensual pleasures do not distract us from the work at hand in the absence of wind the flame of the lamp does not move and it is absolutely still same is the case with a true yogi who by virtue of his practice gains a focus which is unwavering in nature such a person becomes steady in the mind in other words such a person is able to obtain immense concentration through the consistent practice of yoga the mind reaches such a state from where it doesn't move nor get distracted in such a state of rest and stillness our intellect also rises such a person is then satisfied with the inner peace and the pure calm state of the mind if in the initial stages we are unable to control the mind and there is no cause of worry just ensure that you guys are constantly practicing and trying and definitely a day will come when the mind will be in perfect control and practicing this yoga will be easy for us trust me when i say this i myself have got rid of addictions through this meditation which has been mentioned in the bhagavad gita it is immensely powerful and while the results may not clearly reflect in the short term the long term gains are undoubtedly surprising there are some pleasures which arise from the senses and the material world however there are certain pleasures which most of the ignorant people like us are unaware of krishna tells that such pleasures can be obtained by us through our intelligence only when we are situated in yoga material pleasures are temporary but the pleasures which arise from yoga is eternal most of us equate gains with million dollars in the bank and immense rise in the business profits or a luxurious lifestyle but krishna mentions that no gain is greater for a person who gains peace or who has gained the supreme happiness such a person is unaffected even in the most terrible situations and a true yogi is the only one who can experience such a gain there is no dearth of pain in this world and krishna is trying to explain this fact to arjun 
that yoga is different and it is away from the pain of this material world we should make an effort to understand the yoga and after understanding we should start practicing this system of yoga yoga is a process of obtaining the maximum pleasure krishna tells that a person should practice yoga with immense faith and determination without getting distracted a person who is free from desires can practice this yoga more easily and thus krishna tells that in order to curb all these material desires people should control the mind and the senses so if we want to truly practice yoga and reap the spiritual and emotional benefits out of it then we have to free ourselves from attachment to things or people and from attachment to emotions like lust greed anger and so on it is up to us to decide if we want the temporary pleasures of material world or the everlasting one when drops of water keep falling consistently on a piece of rock then they tend to leave their mark eventually krishna also tells that slowly and steadily with consistency and dedication we should try to become situated in this yoga by fixing the mind on the self or by focusing in meditation if we are consistent in this practice irrespective of the circumstances then surely we will see the results in due time this principle of consistency is not just applicable to yoga but in every domain of life for that matter the mind is unsteady in nature and it always keeps wandering and running to those places where we do not really want to go this is what happens in the case of a monkey mind which is present in most of the people like us just like a monkey this mind is unable to stay still even for a few minutes but through consistent practice we can obtain control over this nature of mind as well krishna tells that through yoga and through our determination and faith we must withdraw the wavering mind from the places where it wanders off to and we must bring it back under the control of the self this is the only way through which we can perform our duties efficiently and thus following the path of yoga of action we can attain the supreme krishna tells that the yogi whose mind is focused on himself we can assume it to be the mind which is free from distractions and the one which is controlled he tells that such a yogi obtains the highest form of happiness and is freed from reactions to past sins irrespective of the fact that our pace may be slow through consistent practice we shall realize that it is possible to keep the mind under perfect control the person who continuously practices meditation tries to gain self control and reach the state of a true yogi such a person is far away from sins and he is able to obtain peace and happiness a true yogi who is able to view everything with equanimity and with the knowledge that everything is only a part of the supreme such a person is able to know his soul thereby increasing his consciousness the highest form of consciousness is undoubtedly obtained through the practice of yoga there is a question which has existed from the ancient ages it exists in the present and will continue to exist in the future that if god exists then why isn't he visible one thing which is very clear 
is that the required vision to see God can be obtained only when we are situated in the principles of yoga. Krishna tells Arjun that one who sees him everywhere and looks at everything as a part of Krishna, for such a person, Krishna is never away and nor is that person away from Krishna. In other words, this consciousness helps us in becoming closer to the Supreme. If we look at the present world, we find that there is division. But in order to reach the Supreme, we have to take the support of unity. The person who is situated in a feeling of oneness is able to gain control of the mind through practice. Self-control is undoubtedly essential for concentrating the mind. Krishna tells that such a yogi who has understood that Krishna is the super soul and who worships him, such a person is never away from Krishna, meaning to say that such a person is always situated in peace and happiness. Moving ahead, the Supreme Lord tells Arjun that the yogi who looks equally at humans in both their happiness and distress, such a yogi is known to be perfect. The person who is biased, who is judgmental in nature and does not view sorrow and joy with an equal eye, such a person can never be a true yogi for he is unaware of the temporary nature of every material thing in this world. Arjun now asks a question which arises in the minds of mostly all the people who read or hear the Gita. Arjun tells Krishna that because of the unsteady and the monkey-like nature of the mind, the system of yoga recommended by Krishna appears impossible to him because the mind is so flickering that equanimity in circumstances and absolute stillness of the mind appears almost impractical. Arjun is actually interested in knowing the way of bringing equanimity in mind. Arjun tells that the mind is always wavering. It is unstable, it is stubborn and is extremely strong. He tells that controlling the mind appears to be as difficult as controlling the wind. The mind is undoubtedly very powerful. There is a proverb which translates as, The one who wins the mind is a winner and the one who loses mind is a loser. Arjun is also troubled by the nature of the mind and he wants Krishna to show him the way. The simplest answer to the most difficult question is undoubtedly possible only by Sri Krishna. Krishna tells that undoubtedly the mind is unstable and very difficult to control, but it is possible to control the mind through practice and through detachment. This is one of the most important lessons from the Bhagavad Gita which will undoubtedly help us to withstand and even win the worst situations in life. Consistent practice and detachment will surely help us in controlling the mind. The word detachment plays a very important role. Detachment signifies that while we should continually practice to keep the mind in control, we should not be attached to the situation which may arise from controlling the mind. Neither should we lament too much when the mind is not in control, nor should we celebrate when we have been able to stay away from our urges for a significant time. Krishna tells that for a person who does not have control over the mind, for such a person, it is extremely difficult to be situated in yoga. But if a person is consistent in his practice and keeps trying, then undoubtedly such a person is able to achieve success. 
Irrespective of whether the journey is going to be long or short, we have to take the first step. Controlling the mind is also the first step in the journey of a meaningful life. But even this first step has such a huge significance that the rest of the journey becomes very easy once we ensure that this step is done. Arjun now asks the Supreme Lord that those people who try to practice yoga but have no self-control, that is the people who are unable to control their mind, what is the destination of such people? This question is valid for most of us. Many of us believe in the yogic way. We may even start applying the principles of Gita in our life, but when it comes to controlling the mind, we often fail. Arjun asks Krishna that a person who starts practicing yoga and apply those principles but is distracted from the material pleasures because of inability to control the mind, what shall happen to such a person? Arjun asks if such a person fails in both spiritual as well as material life. He wants to know if the person who leaves the path of yoga after starting it is destroyed. Arjun understood the fact that Krishna was not just an ordinary human being and his words were the supreme truth. The Lord tells Arjun that such a person is neither destroyed in the material world nor in the spiritual world. He tells that the person who engages in the right activities for the betterment of the soul is never subject to misfortune. He makes it clear that such a person is not at all doomed if he has faith towards the Supreme. The one who does good is never defeated by evil. Krishna then talks about the person who may have started yoga but because of inability to control the mind, he could not sustain the process of yoga. He tells that such a person is an unsuccessful yogi and he attains heaven and after enjoying for many years on the heavenly planets, such a person is born into a family of pure hearts. So the Lord wants to make it clear that good activities will definitely give us good results. If we start yoga and even if we leave the path, then our good deeds are never wasted. There's no denying the fact that our association plays an important role in our life and we are an average of the five people we hang out with the most. If a person is unsuccessful even after long practice of yoga, then in the next life such a person takes birth in a family of wise people who have true knowledge. So if in this life we start yoga with true faith and make efforts to control our mind but because of some reasons we are unable to achieve success in this field then in the next life we can revive the consciousness from our previous life and make progress in yoga once again to achieve complete control over the mind. In other words, the knowledge and the efforts are never wasted and they help us in reaching the destination. The person who practiced yoga in his previous life is automatically attracted to yoga in his present life without even trying too hard. This happens because of the divine consciousness which is present in the soul. In simple terms, if we do the right actions with the right intentions without any attachment to the desires, then such pious actions are never wasted. Krishna tells that the person who keeps practicing yoga after every birth, such a person surely reaches the highest destination one day after achieving perfection.
we should understand the performance of actions as the bank balance. While the right actions increases the balance of our merits, the evil deeds increases the balance of the demerits. The actions of all the lives are recorded in this statement. An important lesson to learn here is that irrespective of whether we fail or succeed in a venture, we should be consistent. Even if we fail repeatedly, consistency in right actions will surely help us to achieve the results one day. God tells that the yogi is better than the hermit. He is better than the person who is the knower of the Vedas and even better than the fruitive worker, the worker who works for results. Therefore, Krishna tells that Arjun should be a yogi in all circumstances. Krishna makes it clear that the yogi is the highest and no one can be equal to the yogi. We should also understand and apply the principles given by Krishna to become a yogi in our life. Then Krishna tells that out of all the yogis, the most faithful is the one who renders loving service for him and thinks of him. Krishna here tells that the person who remembers him from his soul is always with him. So here it becomes clear that we need to have pure faith from within and there is no compulsion for us to engage in songs or to engage in the deity worship of Krishna to show our devotion. Instead, we have to follow the instructions given by him and embrace the path of yoga which he recommends. With this, we have come to the end of the sixth chapter where Krishna speaks about the uniqueness of yoga and the yogi and also explains us about the ways of yoga and the everlasting effects of this practice. Hope this episode provided you with some value. Wishing you all a great day ahead. Take care and stay tuned for the next episode where we shall resume the journey with chapter 7 of the Bhagavad Gita.